Welcome back to the Tool for Rise podcast, where we document the rise and stardom of Winnipeg's talent and personalities, aka the number one podcast in Winnipeg. Before we start this episode, I want to give a huge thanks and shout out to Stephen Hua and the team at Summer of Sound for allowing us to set up an interview and document the entire day. This, however, is our last episode of the Summer of Sound series, so if you didn't get a chance to check out our previous episodes, episode 89 all the way to 94 are all dedicated towards Summer of Sound and the people at the event. If you're one of our audio-only listeners, I highly recommend going over to YouTube and checking out the accompanying videos to each of the interviews we did. And again, as always, thank you so, so much for the love and support, and we'll see you back here next week. Just a second. Let him do his thing, man. Let's do the thing. You were at the gym before this too, man. Yeah. I, saw, I saw your story. I'm like, bro, this man has... 5.30, I woke up, went to bed at like 1 a.m. I was setting up cabanas all day. I couldn't even sleep. I'm doing I'm doing a small thing, you know. I can't imagine what you're going through. All right, welcome back to Two For Us Podcast, number one podcast in the world, blah, blah, blah. Quinn, Quinn Baskin, everybody. Yeah, the man doesn't need an intro. It's a man. He doesn't need an intro. I need an intro. All right, let's get started, man. Let's dive in. What are you feeling right now? You're at Summer of Sound. You organize this event. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Honestly, I got like chills. I'm ready to go. It's been three long years, you know what I mean? And I feel like everybody's had such a, a weird two years and we're finally like turning back to normal. And I think like as a first summer event, it's nice to finally be back. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I everyone I talk to, they're just like super excited. And I think everyone that's kind of involved in the event, whether it's like a tiny portion or a, or a lot, or like one of our owners, one of our marketing managers, whatever. Like everyone's just super, super excited. We finally get to be back and doing what we love. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really doing this for Winnipeg, you know? I mean, we are doing it for Winnipeg, and we appreciate you giving us the opportunity to as well set up here. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. <laughs> I mean, what's your mental state looking like? What, what, what's the game plan? What's the game plan? Looking, doors just open. It's 3 o'clock. Yeah, 3 o'clock. <laughs> game plan is honestly run around all day. <laughs> and uh, the game plan before this, for the last, like, week, run, away, run around all day. But, uh... Honestly, it's going to be fun. Like, all my friends, aside from running around, nothing's better than, like, seeing all the people with big smiles on their face, especially those close to you, you know, knowing that you help put this on. Uh, that's really my game plan, to be honest. Run around and, and enjoy seeing everybody enjoy. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. What was the purpose behind it? I feel like you, I see your stories, and there's always some sort of, like, motivational quote. I feel like there's, like, a huge story behind why you're involved with Summer of Sound what inspired that? Yeah, I mean, even apart from Summer of Sound, just what I do in general. Uh, it's a long story, so I'm going to save that for another day. We'll yes. get you back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, in general, it comes down to there was a lot of things as I was raised that I knew that I wanted as well as what I didn't want. And it kind of drove me. I didn't even have like a clear path to what I wanted. I just knew not even the end game just the result I wanted, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, a bit of luck, a bit of hard work, a bit of positive influences, like Steven, Steven's been with me for the past, I want to say it's like eight years now, uh, it kind of, it kind of not only motivated me, but kind of got me to the course to work, and, and it kind of all aligned that now I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm here and I'm working with people I, I really enjoy. Uh, my partners are some of like my favorite people. Um, and it's funny, there's a story. I said like, I wanna say it was 2014, 2015, I was 18, 19. 
and I, I hit up Steven, and I said, Steven Hua, and I just said, look, I have an idea. I really want to sit down with you. He had no idea really who I was, obviously. <laughs> and uh, he sat down with me. He said he was going to give me 15 minutes. He ended up really enjoying, like, what I had to say, and we sat down for, like, five hours, and we ended up, like, going to an event, I think, after that. But uh, it kind of sparked from there. He, he helped guide me a lot. And uh, there's a lot of other people that help guide me a lot, and as well as myself. I guided myself throughout this whole time as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, it kind of like, it always made sense that I was going to be a part of this festival at one point. It was just a matter of when. Yeah. And, and in 2018, that kind of arose, and I was, I was really starting to find my groove with promoting, with my event company. And, uh, and now, like four years after kind of getting involved with it, two long years with COVID, mm-hmm. we're finally... Uh, I feel like we're finally hitting the stride we need to hit. I, and I think for myself as well, I'm hitting the stride that I've like always kind of wanted, you know? Yeah. And is it fulfilling? Is it fulfilling? Uh, it's, 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 it's fulfilling, but I think like, I think what all of us would say as well, it, we all do this because not only do we love the city, I think we all love working together as well, you know? Mm. So it's fulfilling watching all the hard work pay off like I get I get excited when I see someone else do something and then you see the end result you know Uh, and then like you do something as well you don't even realize the impact it might have down the road or or like two hours from now whatever Mm -hmm. but I I think I think uh, we all get fulfilled by fulfilling I guess filling each other's cup with like this whole festival and I think in like other ventures as well you know you know like a lot of people say like Winnipeg is on the rise and hence two for rise like (laughs) You guys are literally paving the path for the future generations of the summer festivals, like entrepreneurs. Does that ever hit? Like, you're like, yo, man, a lot of kids are looking up to me right now. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's, it's funny. My friend and I had this talk the other day. I never, never think that, uh, I never really feel that way. But then, then you look at, like, the magnitude of a festival like this and how many people really look forward to it and being involved with it. Mm. Uh, yeah, sometimes I feel like it can hit, but... Uh, from a 204 rise like standpoint <laughs> there is there is so much i think uh, around this city there's so much negativity towards like the city itself sometimes right and there on, really yeah. is so much positivity that this city brings and and i just i feel lucky that all of us kind of help bring that out whether it's once a year whether it's every week mm-hmm. you know just just uh, i think we all just want like what's best for winnipeg as well as to bring like the best out of winnipeg you know and i think these these events as well as many others that we aren't even involved with help do that you know that's the mission that's the mission no if, if we're not going to do it who is no exactly, no? exactly. that's our city we know you're a busy man today and we're not going to take up much more of your time <laughs> i gotta get back on I'll yeah 100 but before you leave can you leave any advice for the f- uh, future entrepreneurs out there that are listening in and uh or who want to make an impact on the city Honestly, just go get it. Uh, whether whether you know what it is or what, or you don't. Like I, I had no idea what I wanted to actually do. I just knew what I wanted to end up like. And uh, I think fear actually does as as uh, as broad as this is. Fear really does kill way more than just jumping in does. You can fail uh-huh. fifty times and it might finally hit. Just go get it, get after it, and uh, put your head down and just try to. Try to do the best you can. That's it. Let's go. All right, All right ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, thank you so much, Quinn. No, thank Thanks, you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. We're Let's back, hear. ladies and gentlemen. Number one podcast in Winnipeg, Tool for Rise. Another guest. Hit us with the beatbox, please. <laughs> please, can you please do one? <laughs> no, oh, okay. 
Hey. <laughs> yes, sir. We got Jack in the building. Let's get this started, man. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Explain but your role with Tool. Uh, sorry, uh, Summer of Sound. Explain what you do. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer the role uh, part of things. Um, just kind of, just kind of help out wherever I can. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest guy, so I'm like dad. So, <laughs> um, um, yeah, just make sure everyone's everything's like running smoothly. If I can help somebody with this or that or whatever, mm. I'm there. And uh, we work as a team, so everybody kind of does their does their part. And yeah, How I long? don't have a specific role. Sure. How so, long have you been part of uh, Summer Sound? Long time. Long time. I, I don't even know where who and I were sitting there trying to count back how many years it's been, but yeah, it's been it's been a while. It's okay. A few years. All right, let's get this. Let's take a back step here. Yeah. What inspired, like, have you always been in that entrepreneurial mindset or? Um, yeah, so um, I guess, like a long, long time ago, I, I worked uh, uh, for the provincial government here um, mm. and in the mental health department. I did that for about um, just over 10 years. And um, I realized that wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And sure. at that point, it's where I kind of put on my entrepreneurial hat and uh, decided to make a go and see if I could uh, create an environment where I don't have to answer to anyone, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just kind of like follow my dreams, do what I want to do. And, and yeah, that's, that's how all that came about. How long have you been in the entrepreneurial business world? <laughs> and what was your first business? Um, so after I left uh, the government position, I, um, I actually went to Costa Rica to, um, up a land development company okay. and um, it was, it was kind of like it, it, I got it was a strange setup it's not something that I went after um, it, I just got some land because of a, a deal that had kind of gone wrong and the person couldn't pay me the money that he owed me so uh, so he forfeited some of this land mm-hmm. so I flew to Costa Rica um, to see this land that I now own um, and made some made some friends there and everything and I and they were doing land development and I thought like this is pretty cool you know first of all Costa Rica is just an incredible country right and um, yeah so so I went there um, and just figured okay here's something that I can challenge myself with learning and uh, slowly started doing some land acquisitions and this and that and then got into like master planning properties and and cutting roads this that whatever and uh, subdividing raw land and Yada yada, and loved it, and so that was kind of like the first big shtick, and I and I lived there for years doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah. awesome. So transition from Costa Rica to Winnipeg. What was that <laughs> switch like? Um, well, I was from Winnipeg to Costa Rica, right, and, then and then back, back to Winnipeg. Yeah. So uh, I'll be honest. In 2009, when we had the 2008 coins <laughs> 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 taken, so when we had that um, uh, that major crash um, in the markets. Um, you know, I stuck around Costa Rica thinking, like, that was the first major crash in my adult life. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, this thing's got to blow over. Because we were, we were, you know, selling um, land, homes, uh, whatever, to, to people who were second, third, fourth home buyers, mm-hmm. uh, primarily from North America. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like everybody stopped and everyone, like, screwed their wallets shut. And yeah. there was, it, it seemed like all the money fell off the face of the earth. So I stuck around there for about another year, um, thinking it's going to blow over, and it didn't. And um, I'm pretty sure you guys are aware that uh, who and I, who and I are kind of like you know, it's my family. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, so we're, we're saying like 
because uh, we I needed something to do. He needed something to do. So we said, um, why don't we open a club? Like we didn't know anything about clubs. Uh, we just knew how to party. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, that's how it starts. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so so that's that's what happened. I was still actually um, I cut. I cut a check for it. I actually, actually had to fly back to Costa Rica, and um, I, f- I came back for the um, for the opening, and um, that was Republic Nightclub. Yeah, and uh. um, yeah, so I came back, and um, funny enough, I met the love of my life, and she's the center of my universe. I think wow. this is a this is something that the city knows very well. Is like my wife is everything to me Uh, literally everything to me that's so sweet and uh uh yeah so so then i flew back to costa rica missed the shit out of her and she actually ended up coming there we spent about a month there and we said okay let's just go back to let's just go back to uh uh, canada and because there's nothing to do in costa rica came back and anyways the club thing turned into like republic did really well and then from there we went to open up another club another club another club so on so forth and yeah. Wow. Well, what were the biggest lessons? I feel like a lot of in- entrepreneurs, they have so much wisdom. And we only have, like, I know you're probably a busy guy today. So <laughs> I just want to I want to steal all that information for you. Like, what was the, Anytime. Some, of the, some of the lessons that you learned while on this entrepreneurial journey? Um, there's, there's just, honestly, guys, like, this would be a long conversation to sit there and go over, like, sure, all, yeah, all, yeah, of course. all the lessons to be learned and stuff. We'll but, have you uh, on. We'll have you on on um, a full one. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> I, I would say like the things that I've learned is uh, would be to a do something that you're passionate about. You know, you want to wake up Monday morning. Like a lot of, I feel like a lot of the planet uh, wakes up Monday morning and they're like, yeah, I gotta get, I gotta go to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, if you do something that you love, it, obviously you don't get that feeling. Mind you, that comes with a, that comes at a price um, because. Although you're, although you're doing something you love, like that doesn't mean that that thing's going to be successful. And it comes with so much more stress. You know, when you work for somebody else or uh, work for a company or whatever, they're the ones that are carrying all the headaches for you. And they've got the weight on their back and you're just a soldier for them. But when you're on your own, man, it, it, it kicks like a mule, you know? Yeah. Um, so doing something that you're super passionate about, um, I'm, I'm one of these people that actually advocates for people to have partners if you um, a lot of people want to yeah. do things on their own mm. um, I'm, I'm all about partners I think if you're if you um, meet people that are like-minded that can bring something to the table and, and whatever why not because you're gonna be that much stronger because I don't care how brilliant you might believe you are or yada yada two minds are always better than one you know mm-hmm. um, and and so yeah those are a couple of lessons in my entrepreneurial <laughs> I learned I don't know if that suffices I love it I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Uh, you're going to be at the Summer Sound me. event. Um, uh, you'll be here next year, I assume. Of course, of course. <laughs> and, and we hope to be here as well. Thank for you sure. so much, Jack. Thank and you. And thank you. I appreciate so it. Yeah, no let's go. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Make sure to check out Jack. We'll tag everything in the description. So. <laughs> let's go. Love, love. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Jack. See ya. So you're the uh, bar... Sorry, I... Bar- no, the... Uh, the ball service manager for okay. the summer sound event. Yeah, that's awesome, awesome. You're probably busy then. You're getting a lot of text messages? Yep. Phone goes on pretty <laughs> much around the hook. It's yeah. ringing. It's yeah. getting messages coming in. I've got yeah. most of my staff right now on the track doing the yeah. setup. Yeah. So we're just doing the ball service grid. We have a lot of reservations as well. Gotcha. So just getting a lot of the orders prepared, right. chilled. Yeah, yeah. So once these groups come in, we can immediately bring it out for them. Gotcha. So are you guys bringing it out in like the little, little I wish, bottle, I <laughs> bottle service guy? 
I know for the fireworks, it's hard to get the really nice yeah. ones now. Yeah. But also because the scale of the current event, yeah. I can't spread out my staff too thin. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you risk really compromising yeah. the service for yeah. a lot of people. That's true. All right, we're good? Yeah. Good to go. Welcome back to Tool Fries Podcast, where we document the rise start in Winnipeg's town and personalities, a.k.a. the number one podcast in Winnipeg. Yes. Different setup. We're Completely different setup. <laughs> we're at Summer of Sound. Huge thanks to Stephen Hua, Summer of Sound, everyone, for letting us be here. Yeah. Got a special guest for us. Let's bring him on. He um, He's the bottle service manager at Summer of Sound. Please welcome Kevin. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's nice to be here. Nice. Yes. nice it's a very cool idea being able to get all that input from the different goers to the festival as well as the staff and managers right mm -hmm. brings a lot of cool perspectives so 100%. that's a fantastic idea and it's good that we got you before right nobody's here <laughs> yeah well, once, this, once this concert starts i'm not gonna be available at all until maybe one in the morning what's so your game plan do you have a game plan going into this what's oh, your game plan i'm a big believer of you have to have everything everything sorted out all logistically before mm -hmm. you uh -huh. win a fight or you win these types of events before the day it starts uh. you got to make sure that everything is coordinated your staff are comfortable they understand what they're going to be doing as well as we take in those reservations we work with a lot of the people who want to get these booths so they can have the best experience possible right. so what's the what's the chaos looking like before the event you know what like steven says the best part of hosting these event is actually going to them rather than planning them because it's super chaotic so what's that behind the scenes look so we're lucky because the Cinnaboyan Downs is really a fantastic venue. Yeah. They offer a lot of help when it comes to the initial setup, mm -hmm. the equipment, the mixes. Yeah. So they've really done a lot of work for us, which I'm incredibly impressed. Yeah. During our first couple of years, because this will be my fourth summer sound that I've been working, yeah. I've managed three of them, and I worked as a backstaff for my very first one. Yeah. So you get to learn a lot of, a lot of hiccups and bumps right. in the road that happen. So it's nice to see it gets smoothed over. Mm -hmm. In a day like today, a lot of the heavy lifting was done yesterday with our yeah. volunteers. Yep. So now it's more adding that extra touch going into right. it. I like it. Well, we're all about Tool for Rise, the rise of an individual, the journey that they take. Take us back. How'd you get into this bottle service area? How'd you get into <laughs> managing? How'd you get into all this? That's a long story, I got to say. <laughs> as, as much time as you'd like. No, not a problem. So I actually started working for 4 for 1 originally. So I had started working for 4 for 1 when I was about 19. I did busing for a couple months. I went to Barback, mm -hmm. and then I stayed Barback within 4 for 1 for about five years of its progress. Nice. Within that, I got, to, I got to know a lot of really cool people. A lot of people are doing amazing things throughout the city. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a big inspiration, and they gave me good opportunities. And I made sure to put in my effort and the organization and the groundwork that has to be done for these things. Right. And it really took off. Leading into that... With my normal job, because it's almost like the, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde yeah. type comparison. So I actually do landscape horticulture. <laughs> I have a education or a red seal within landscape That's horticulture. Awesome. So yeah. mostly plants and things like that. That's good. So it's a, two different areas. Of, two yeah, different uh, areas. It's the man and the machine type deal. What do you like better? Ah, it's tough. Uh. <laughs> with, with the events like this, when it's happening, the energy is unrivaled. Yeah. But at the same time, like... With my roots with horticulture, providing these types of trees and actively like helping the environment is fantastic. And it gives a lot of like uh, assurance for the future, being able to participate in those types of things. Mm -hmm. Do you think like your experience from your landscaping transfer over to Summer of Sound at all? Like just management side of it or either like, you know, like customer service or all that? Cutting the grass. Oh, I think a good amount when it comes just to how precise you have to be with planning. Yeah. When you're doing those blueprints and you're you're planning out what types of plants work best in different situations, right. that's kind of applicable even to the bottle service section where I have to find servers 
that can work really well with my back staff as well kind of have that relationship already with our booths so it increases the experience and it makes it feel a lot more at home for a lot of a lot of booths that have been here since i started managing what's what's the team looking like right how many how many people are going to be bustling and busy today <laughs> so on the team setting right now i've got nine back staff and i've got 12 servers we have two separate areas this year and this will be the first year that we've had these cabana sections on the left hand side of the stage the cabana sections will have a dedicated server for each cabana as well as we'll have four barbacks helping the general operation of that area and on my side where i'm going to be I have the rest of the servers, so I have another six servers there, and then I have five back staff to help me with all of our tables. On the right-hand side where the track is, we have about, it'll range between 26 to 31 tables, and I expect the majority of those to be packed and filled by, by 8 or 9 o'clock. Yeah. So is that, are you planning for the peak hours to be after 3-ish or, like, closer to, like, the later, like, uh, um, the main sets, or are you planning on, like, even, like, the third or fourth stage kind of vibe? Yeah, that's a tricky thing with the preparations. Yeah. You never really know when some of these booths are going to come. Yep. And your biggest, most chaotic booths, they always come at the most inopportune <laughs> time. Yeah. But ideally, I'd say that that 5 to 6.30 window mm -hmm. is when we're going to see the most the most of the VIPs and booths start, yeah. start shuffling in. Gotcha, mm -hmm. gotcha. There's going to be a, quite a bit of people. We see some of the people rolling up as well. <laughs> um, are you... Are you is there anything that you're worried about, right? Yeah. Like you're going into this event and you try to do as much planning as you can before, but something inevitably yeah, may yeah. go wrong. So what's it, how do you mentally prepare for that? So I think flexibility and putting flexibility in your schedule and being able to take, to roll with those punches because they're going to come. Yeah. You're never going to have that festival where everything is perfect. Uh -huh. yeah. But once those problems do come out of the woodwork, you got to be able to identify it, execute it, and make a proper position for it. 100%. We always leave to leave to, uh, sorry, we always like to leave our audience with some sort of advice. So any advice you can give to the listeners out there that want to start something entrepreneur-wise or even like some around, they want to get join the team or even bartending or something like that. Any advice you can give to them? I think when it comes to the club industry within Winnipeg, a big thing is you've got to be a go-getter. I know that tends to be said a lot, so it tends to water down the actual like how valuable the advice could be. Yeah. But a lot of these venues, a lot of these clubs, they want people who can come in and can say, I can do it better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that attitude and being able to take on that confidence will bring you a long way within the industry, within any industry, quite frankly, if it's landscaping or horticulture, or if it's <laughs> serving bottles or being a bartender. Yeah. What, what's some of your long-term goals? Like what, what is something that you really want to leave on the stamp of Winnipeg or wherever it may be, wherever it may take you? So what I'm currently doing, I work for the Manitoba Métis Federation, and we have a tree initiative mm -hmm. where we provide trees to Métis citizens. Yeah. So I think, for me, that is a lasting, a very lasting impact on the province. Wow. I'm a big fan of Manitoba, and I love Manitoba. So I want to leave this province better than when I came to it, and eventually when I leave, the trees that I plant will grow for hundreds of years. Wow, wow. You know, first episode of the day and you're all in. You're I'm, all, I'm already, in, you're already I'm into it. He's already into it. He's ready to go. It's only 10 minutes in. But <laughs> yeah, like, so planting the trees, like that's crazy, right? Because I feel like you got to have a lot of patience with that as well. Like, you know, you plant it and it doesn't, you don't see the fruit until yeah. like, you know, like 100 years ago. So did you ever have a moment where you were like, oh, I can't do this anymore? No, not necessarily. A big thing that keeps me going with something where you don't see the results in a short period of time 
is the saying that you plant trees not for you to enjoy the shade, but for the future generations to enjoy Ooh, that shade. Hands dropping. And that hard. is that <laughs> is the epitome of what landscape horticulture can be. Yes, sir. Wow, Kevin, you're. <laughs> I think we gotta have him I'm on for a longer <laughs> episode than this. Sometime yeah. soon. Yes, Absolutely. yes. I know you're a busy guy, so we'll get you going out of here. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure to check out Kevin. We'll take everything in the description below. And uh, yo, check out the. Hopefully in the future, a longer episode. We gotta get you out. We gotta get you out for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin, for coming. Not a problem. Thanks again. Thank you so much. And if you're around again, (laughs) swing by, man. Swing by, of course. (laughs) Have a good summer sound, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Peace.